This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show. I hope you're doing good. I hope you are well. We return to your usually scheduled programming after yesterday's kind of emergency hour-long 8am show discussing the managerial situation. But I think we can probably park that discussion uh, at least for the first 10 minutes of this video and then <laughs> to the Q&A section, I'm sure there'll be plenty more questions about the manager and that situation as well. Uh, there'll be lots more discussion around it, especially going into the Southampton game and after it and then going into the West Ham game. It's going to be very heavy Arteta focus. Um, and because of that, to be honest, the news has not then seen lots of transfer news spread around. There are the stories that we are going to cover today, but Arteta continues to dominate the discussions, continues to dominate kind of the debate around Arsenal right now. And I can understand why, because ever increasingly does the fan base seem to be leaning towards change of coach being the right move after what has been a very disappointing couple of weeks for Arsenal, how quickly things can change. Good morning to everybody in the chat box. Hope you're doing well. Please do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Good morning to Matt. Good morning to Kaiser and Az uh, and Liam. We've got Jose Anucrit, Joe Manu. We've got Ife Rahil Robert. We've got SH342474. Unfortunate name. I'd question the parents personally. Carl, Stephen, Byron, Paul, Dave... Fala, Manu, uh, we've got Stephen, we've got Tulip, we've got uh, Ephraim, we've got uh, Mr. Ginger Guna, we've got Gundit, Nambro, Ish B. Good morning to everybody joining us today. I hope you're doing well um, and uh, you've been able to take your mind off the football. I certainly did last night, a relaxing evening at a nice, uh, a nice restaurant last night. It was a, a birthday gift from the, uh, the, is it called a grandma-in-law? Do you get grandmas-in-law? It's from the fiancé's uh, grandma. I'm assuming that that's a thing. If it's not, it's becoming a thing. 
but uh, it's very good. I was able to set my mind off the footy for quite a bit, but uh, back to it now, back to the football. And uh, let's kick off by always telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. They will be doing their show at 9.30. They did their match reaction show after the game. If you want to get their thoughts, it did kick off on the Arsenal Way's match reaction show. So make sure you go and give that a look. The boys did not hold back in their views regarding the game. So make sure you've checked out if you haven't done so already um but we start by reminding you as always to remember the existence of marco asensio now the link to marco asensio has been around for a little while uh, you remember seeing that arsenal were involved in a, a link which said that arsenal would have to pay a figure in the region of around 32 million pounds if they wanted to get hold of marco asensio but the reason for the highlighting of today's news is because if you didn't watch the real madrid into milan yesterday uh do because his goal in that game was something that's been I was about to say it's something magical but the thing is Marco Asensio has pulled out these kinds of of goals from absolutely nowhere from ridiculous ranges quite a fair few times in his career if you haven't seen it go and watch it if Arsenal were to make a move for him in January look I'm all for it because I'm selfish and he's one of my favourite players. Dejan Kulazewski, the Swedish winger, uh, according to Italian media, is again uh, continuing to be linked with this move to Arsenal. It's a strange one because whilst we talk about this as, as a news story each day, what happens is is just another Italian newspaper comes out. According to La, uh, La Repubblica, is the latest one. Arsenal executives are expected to meet Juventus next week to discuss a potential move. The report also claims that the Gunners' rivals Tottenham Hotspur are interested in the Swedish international. Now, for my money and for what I've discussed previously, I would say Spurs, you can have him. Take him. He's yours. I'm not that interested in Kulisevsky for all of his qualities and he's not a bad player by any means. I just feel like, look, if we're going to be spending upwards of £30 million on on a player in that position. Kulisevsky has not yet shown to me that he is worthy of that kind of figure and that kind of investment. He could join Arsenal and prove me wrong, which I'd be happy for him to do. But for my money, I would be moving for someone else in that same position. Uh, and penultimately, uh, Dusan Vlaovic, the Fiorentina striker, according to other reports emanating from Italy, uh, specifically Correa Fiorentino, who is an outlet based in Florence and, of course, uh, more associated with Fiorentina. Um, they say that Arsenal remain the only team that have made a real offer for uh, Dusan Vlaovic and the Serbian striker has registered a whopping 15 goals across all competitions this season already. He is obviously one of the most prolific forwards and most sought-after players across the continent. But the Fiorentina outlet have claimed that supposedly Arsenal remain the only team to have made a genuine move for the player, despite Fabrizio Romano reporting that he has a secret agreement with another club, and that is the feeling that is supposedly around the player and Fiorentina as well. The always, as Di Marzio reported previously, he's not that keen on a move to Arsenal. And yet Arsenal are seemingly continuing to push to try and get something sorted regarding the striker. It's going to take a lot to convince them, to convince him and his entourage to move to Arsenal, it seems. And I still expect him to be a Juventus player by the summer. He may move somewhere else. That's just kind of my feeling about where he will end up. It just makes sense. Juve need a striker. He seems to want to move to a club with a higher stature than Arsenal. And even though if Juventus finish outside of uh, outside of the Champions League places this season, which is very possible, um, it still would make sense for them to push hard for his signing. He's already in Italy, settled there. 
maybe it makes sense for him to move there. But if Arsenal could get this deal done, then great. If they can't, there are other targets out there. But this does seem to be the main move. Now, lastly, I did want to touch upon, because we didn't touch upon Mikel Arteta's press conference in yesterday's show, because we talked a lot about Arteta's position himself. But uh, my colleague of mine, I believe it was, Kai Karnat, did ask Arteta about the fact um, that he didn't play and chose not to play Pepe and instead chose to bring on Eddie and Ketia. Arteta said, because I decided to play Eddie today. To bring him on, he created three chances and hit the post once in 25 minutes. And the thing is, he's right. Eddie did come on and play well. He did create those chances. He set up that chance for Aubameyang. He did hit the post. He should have scored without a shadow of a doubt. But this continues to dominate discussions around the Arsenal fan base. Is it right that Mikel Arteta is not using Nicolas Pepe at all? And as always, myself, as one of his biggest critics, Nicolas Pepe, who I feel he needs to do a lot more, even in that sense, I find it a little bit concerning that um, he's getting no time at all. And if a player is getting no time at all, all it does is fester the kind of negative environment. It festers those negative views that the morale in the sides, the, the cohesiveness of the squad is only going to be affected when you've got some players that are going to be really unhappy. There was no reason not to give Pepe some time in the last... I mean, his last appearance, I think, is on, what, the 30th of October? That is so mad to consider um, that the last appearance of his was was that late. I, it's staggering to feel that he hasn't played in an entire month, not even from the bench once, when we've had games where we've needed a goal, Anfield, United... And of course, Everton. He scores. For all his failings, he does score goals. Eddie Nketiah has not scored in the Premier League all season. Aubameyang is having an awful time. It seems a little bit contradictory to not give him just an opportunity from the bench. And that is a real, real problem. Anyway, that does complete the news for this morning. As I said, there's not loads floating around. Doing these daily shows sometimes can be a bit of a challenge, but we have given you all the latest up-to-date pieces of information. Uh, we are going to now move on to the Q&A session. So if you do have a question for the chat box, please do throw it in there and I will endeavour to get through as many of those questions as possible. Okay, let's jump into the chat and see what you guys are saying. Uh, Jay Dime says, uh, Morning, Tom. Who would be your ideal midfield? If your question is revolving around the players that are already at the club, then it would be going into the Southampton game, I would absolutely go with Maitland-Niles and Lukonga because Jack is still not fit. Partey is so out of form, it's ridiculous. Now Nelly doesn't get into the team. Lukonga and Maitland-Niles were excellent against Watford when they played. There was no reason for Lukonga to be dropped in the last two games. I still find it staggering that our best central midfielder was dropped for the two most important games of the season so far. I just can't get my head around that. I really can't get my head around that. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever that he didn't play any part of the game against Man United or Everton. So those two. And then in front of them, Erdegaard goes there. Smith throw left, Saka right, maybe even Martinelli up top at the moment. It would be Balogun, but there's no interest, it seems, from the club to be giving Balogun a chance in the senior setup. In terms of transfers, look, there's a lot of players. I feel like we should be looking higher 
than the players that have been linked previously. Your Ives Basumas, your, your Ruben Neves, your Bruno Guimaraes. I think we should be looking higher. I think we should be aiming to bring in players that are transformative, that are world-class potential. Your Tielemans of this world, your Tuchemenis of this world, your, your Fabian Ruizes. I would be looking towards those guys uh, to be looking to sign. But uh, the likelihood of that is obviously uh, quite slim, especially if we don't make the Champions League this season, which looks increasingly likely. Thanks, Marshall. Big up yourself, mate. Uh, Tom says, Pepe has to be used as a second striker position. He never was supposed to be a pure winger. It making the crosses, but the guy who converts them, waste of a talent. Jonathan says, I have a feeling that Arteta is really trying to persuade Eddie to sign a new contract because he's not sure that he's going to get a new striker in January. Perhaps that's it, but I doubt that that's going to be the case. Dave said, yes, agreed. Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Lukonga can't do any worse. Uh, Stephen says, Kessiet, Sterling and Dominic Calvert-Lewin, please. Byron says, Tom, do we need Xhaka? I don't think he played well against Everton and he is a bit slow, in my opinion. Look, the thing is with Xhaka is, again, I don't think we saw anywhere near the best player that we could have done against Everton. He's not fit. He's been rushed back into the team when he didn't need to be because we had Lukonga. You could have allowed him to rest and recover a bit more, maybe bring him off the bench in the last 10 minutes of the game if you wanted to. Xhaka's better and has been better than Partey last season. Xhaka was our best central midfielder, by, to be honest, by a bit of a distance. Do we need him? We need him as long as we're not signing someone. But if you're saying to me that we could bring someone in to replace him, I'm, I'm up for that all day long because I'm all up for upgrading on the team and improving on what we've got. But he is, of the current crop of players available, one of the better ones. Um, who would I bring in, Jay? I told you, didn't I? So, uh, Tielemans, Tuchemeni, uh, Fabian Ruiz, any of the above, uh, I would pick. John T, uh, fantastic name, says, uh, I mean, I look a little bit like a John T this morning. <laughs> Very old-fashioned English name. Uh, is Abu's form due to his decline... Um, Abu, Abamyang, I think you mean. Abu, is Abamyang's form due to his decline in age or Arteta's coaching and his staff? Um, I think there's a combination of the two, to be honest. I think naturally a 30-year-old, 32-year-old striker who was once born to play a pacey, fast finishing game, I think that there's always going to be a natural decline. However, Arteta's system, which has really been devoid of regular chance creation, is also going to have an impact on his ability to raise his confidence, to be clinical. So I think there's a combination of the two, John T, to be honest. Uh, Emmanuel, are there any teams linked to Balogun's loan move? Yes, Emmanuel, there's at least double figures of clubs, as far as I'm aware. Uh, the number of inquiries for the player is astonishing, uh, the amount of interest there is. What we know outright is at least Middlesbrough, Swansea, Millwall and Saint-Étienne in France are four clubs that are linked with a move for Balogun. I would personally move him to France. I wouldn't see that as a bad move at all because of those four teams, and I wrote about this, Middlesbrough, Swansea and Millwall uh, and Saint-Étienne. Saint-Étienne are the only team that play with a 4-2-3-1 system. All the other three play with a back three system. Um, obviously, they have Wabi Kazri up top, which is, you know, he can play in kind of a second striker role behind Balogun. It makes, of all of them, I feel like he's the one... At, Santetien are the one where we would get the most time and most minutes. And I mean, you look at how good Saliba's flourishing in France and Genduzi. Why not give Foller and Balogun a chance to play senior football abroad? Liga, in terms of its defensive capabilities, is a very physical league. It would certainly add to those characteristics of his game and allow him to combat against those types of defenders. Rather than moving to, say, the Championship, where teams such as Middlesbrough, Millwall, Swansea, who have got their strikers already, 
mean, Millwall got the likes of Benikafobi. Uh, Middlesbrough playing kind of a 3-5-2 system, which would make it easier for Balogun maybe to get into the team because there's two striker opportunities. Uh, and Swansea used kind of a 3-4-2-1, I believe, uh, formation. So it, there's less of an opportunity for him to get into the side, if you know what I mean. But who knows? Maybe a championship move would be better for him. Uh, Thabo says, Tom, even if we get the best number nine in the world, he'd suffocate because we don't have the players to consistently provide chances for him. I agree to a, a degree. However, what I would say is that you look at some of the chances that have been missed by our strikers recently, surely a more clinical, informed, confident striker would be taking those chances. Uh, Manu says, uh, this Balogun loan is really important. We can't screw this up. Minutes are our currency at this age. I can't have a loan like Reese is having. Reese is really struggling for minutes at finals right now. It was a bit of an odd move because finals have always been a team pushing to try and get into those European places in the Eredivisie. So to take a risk on a young English guy that's barely played any minutes of senior football recently, he was always going to be a depth option for them. Always. I mean, they've got Jahanbash, of course, there as well. And they've got a number of other players that can play in wide positions. But it did seem a little bit of a, a strange one um, to go to final and not to a team in maybe the championship where he would be playing week in, week out. Nambro says, let's go for let's go to the future for a bit. Let's say Arteta loses against Southampton. Does Arsenal sack Arteta? I don't think so. If they do, I would splash the cash on a 10 hog. Do you need to be a member to join the Discord? Yes, you do, Nambro. Uh, if you want to join the Discord server, you need to be an expert member or a TGT ambassador. But you can then join the group. I mean, you can become a member. Um, and, I mean, you'd have to stick around as a member. You, you gain entry to the Discord server. So it's a great community. Uh, I would encourage you to join. And uh, so would the other members who have continued to support this channel because um, it's become a great place to just be and chat about Arsenal. But in regards to your question... Um, if he loses against Southampton, there'll be absolute outrage. Like anything other than a win against Southampton and there will be pandemonium. And there was pandemonium after Everton. If he loses against Southampton, I don't really want to think about what the environment might be like then. But I still don't think the club will get rid. I just don't see it. I don't see them making a decision until at least the end of the campaign, which is too late. Too, too late. Tizza Discuss says, could the African Cup be a blessing in disguise? I don't buy into this. When you lose players, it's never a good thing. I don't think Arteta would be forced into using or going into the market. He would be forced into playing other players. But who knows if they'd be the right ones. So that's that's a bit of an issue. Dave says, given where we are in the league, do we accept that generally there is a slight upward trajectory or are we still in the same places as we were last season? Well, going into the Everton game, Arsenal were nine points better off than they were, I think it was the Everton game. It might have been the United game. One of those two, we were nine points better off than we were last season. However, last season was awful. Really, really bad, especially at the start of the season. So it's not it's not exactly hard to have been that much better improved because last season starts the campaign where we were losing games against the likes of Burnley and we, we just couldn't pick up a game, pick up a win. We couldn't win for 10 games. I think we had one win in 10 games at the start of last season. So I'm not surprised we have improved and, and got more points, but we've beaten sides that you would expect us to beat. I mean, you, you've got teams that you would say are around the same stature, Burnley. Norwich, Spurs, Newcastle. Who I mean, you would expect us to win those games. So I when when we come up against teams like Everton away from home, which typically in the Premier League has been a tough game, although Everton have been 
very poor this season. Man United away, we've only won there once since 2006. Arteta did that last season. Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City. And we've lost those games. It really does put a downer on that 10-game unbeaten run, especially considering one of those games was Palace at home, which we drew. Brighton away, which we drew. And we were awful in both those games. Aston Villa at home. Aston Villa have been pretty poor before Steven Gerrard's come in. I will tell you what, if you replay that game now, Steven Gerrard's Villa coming to the Emirates, I, I feel that we would struggle a lot more than we did in that game against Dean Smith's side, that's for sure. I just think that the progression that we're seeing, Dave, is there's always going to be a slight progression because, as you say, because of just how teams improve and our players improve naturally. Um, and I thought defensively we were improving because of Arteta specifically, but in the last four games, we've conceded nine goals. So that goes against that theory and does certainly go against that kind of way of thinking. It's a really difficult one, Dave, but for me, there's not enough tangible evidence to suggest that there's enough progression being made across more uh, two years worth of Arteta, which is what it is. Uh, TJ says, Arteta isn't good. Why don't Arsenal go for the Ajax manager? <laughs> Ten Hag, look, because they, they seem very supportive of Arteta. They seem still very much behind Arteta. John says, if you had to rate Arteta's in the doghouse, top three, who would you go with? I'd go Ozil, Genduzi, Pepe. But there's plenty of time for Odegaard to make it and maybe Xhaka, who never features. Um, yeah, I can't really disagree with those three. Um, maybe Saliba jumps in above Pepe, arguably. But uh, yeah, you can have a top four if you like, which he's not making this season. Adam says, Tom, Arteta keeps underlining how well Nketiah is training. Is it a message for Pepe? Absolutely, Adam. I assume that is the reason. I'm assuming that Pepe behind the scenes is not showing Arteta enough to justify a chance. But I talked about this the other day. Sometimes training is not the be-all and end-all. And I use the example of Patrick Vieira. You speak to any of those players that trained with Patrick Vieira he was a terrible trainer, terrible trainer. On a match day, he was a different level of player. He just turned into he just turned to an animal, an absolute monster of a footballer, world class, intelligent, dominant, all of the superlatives that you want to describe as a leader and the perfect captain of this team. And sometimes training is not going to tell you everything. And so, if a player is not giving you one hundred and ten percent in training, but actually on a match day they give you brilliant performances, I'm not saying that's Pepe, by the way. But just in general, I think you need to look beyond that. I really do think you need to look beyond it. Marcus says, sorry, just joined us. All right, Marcus, welcome to the chat. Do you really think we will get a striker in January? No, to be honest, I'd, I'd be shocked if we got a striker. I expect a loan for a central midfielder. That's kind of where my head's at. I don't think we'll do anything more than that. Stephen says, if we lose our next two games, does Arteta get the sack? I don't think so. Jonathan says, we need a defensive midfielder with leadership qualities. Gray should not have been allowed that much time and space to pick a shot. We have quality young defenders, but they tend to be very exposed. Torreira should still be here. Another player in the Arteta doghouse, it seems. Marshall, no, I wouldn't take Origi at Arsenal. Not because I don't think he's good. I think he's solid as a bit of cover. I think he does a decent job for you guys backing up that striker position with which, let's be real, he's third choice behind Firmino Jota. Uh, so he's, he's always going to be the third choice there. With Firmino injured, Jota can cover other positions. Origi's always going to get a chance. He should have left a long time ago to get more regular football. Um, but Arsenal do need to be looking. If they want to progress, they need to be looking at your Calvert-Lewins, your, your Vlaoviches, your, your Izaks. They need to be looking at these kind of strikers. And Origi is a backup option. 
Um, not someone that Arsenal should be looking at. Manu says, you guys remember that lack of goal where he completely missed the ball but scored with a standing leg? Abamia needs one of those moments badly. <laughs> yes, he does. Gameboy says, thoughts on Graham Potter? If the board decides to pull the plug, as I said and I have been saying, Graham Potter's proving a lot of people, including myself, wrong. He's doing a great job with Brighton. He's doing some, he's brilliant in terms of the signings. He creates a lot of chances. The XG of Brighton is mad and they don't seem to score. I would be open, far more open than I was a year ago. Far more open. Uh, AV says, focusing on some positivity. What are the positives we see at Arsenal? We love positives. There's always time to t- put your head up. Look, positives at Arsenal right now are. I like the signings that are made by Edu. Erdogan, Lakonga, Tavares, Ramsdale, Ben White. Um, who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Tavares, Lakonga, Ramsdale, White, Erdogan, Tomiyasu. That's who I'm forgetting. Uh, I always forget Tomiyasu. Obviously, he was signed at the end of the window, so you just end up forgetting it. Um, that's great. That's positive. And you'd think that add that to Partey and Gabriel. I know Partey's been not great, but you add that and you see that kind of direction that Edu's trying to take the club in in terms of the the strategy. That's really positive. Um, I think some of the individual performances of obviously Smith Rowe and Saka, they look great. Balogun coming through is another great one. Saliba's doing great on loan. Hopefully he can come back next season. Um, We look like we've got, you know, we've got players that we can sell. Leno, you think we can sell for some money? Reese Nelson next summer, we can sell for some money. Uh, Holding, you think we can sell for some money? Chambers, um, Kalasanac hopefully will go in January. We can get maybe a little bit for him. Eddie and Ketia maybe as well. I think there is they're the positives. Is the squad building side of the game is positive, but that's all away from the coach bar. He's a his advisory position of what players we should go for, and that kind of tells you where we sit with the manager uh, right now. That's where I am with the positives. Um, Alan says, do you think Partey and Samba should start or Xhaka and Partey? I think I think Sambi and, uh, and Maitland-Niles should start. That's my pairing because they're the best midfielders in form that we have right now. The best we've seen from Maitland-Niles has been this season in midfield and we're not giving him more of a chance. Tom says, morning, do you think we need a more level-headed uh, in the boardroom? Someone who knows football and someone who supports, someone to support Arteta if he's to stay. Look, I think Arteta's got loads of support already. I think Edu is doing a good job as technical director. Um, do we need a sporting director? Do we need an Overmars? Do we need an Emanello? Um, do we need someone like that? Maybe. But I think that more so we need someone who's got the the footballing brain at a higher, higher, higher level, like a Josh Kroenke kind of level, that knows when to cut the cords. And I'm not sure that we have that right now. Uh, there's a lot of people that use the the American model, the franchise model that people are theorising that's what the Kroenkes are looking to use at Arsenal and referencing the fact that it's, it doesn't work in football where it may work in other uh, American or North American franchises. So... But yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Uh, Chief and so Kinkosi uh, says, uh, do you think Christoph Galtier or Graham Potter may consider leaving their p- p- positions if Arsenal... I'd be surprised if they wouldn't. Um, I think that Arsenal are a very attractive club for a manager. You get a lot of time. You've got money to spend. It's a very decent... It's a very... It's more than decent-sized club in the Premier League. I wouldn't see why they wouldn't leave, personally. 
Uh, IGK says, is it okay to want Arsenal to lose? No, of course. Uh, because if we wish Arsenal to lose badly, then the higher-ups will feel pressure from the clubs and get rid of Arteta. No, as soon as you want Arsenal to lose a game, you stop being a fan. It's as simple as that. I made that the bottom line always and forever. If you want Arsenal to lose against Southampton, whether it would have an impact on the managerial position or not, as soon as you want the team that you are supposed to love and have every every positive kind of emotion for, the attachment, the growth, then you lose it. And do you know why? It's because then you're taking for granted the club that you do support. Because, I mean, personally, having a, a fiancé who supports Charlton, knowing the struggles that they go through, do they ever want Charlton to lose? No. Does she ever want Charlton to lose? Absolutely not. Because winning is so important for these teams to try and get back to where they are. And I know that Arsenal in a very different context, very different environment, very different expectation. But as soon as you want your team to lose, you lose that quality of being what a fan is. Now, if you've ever been in the past and you've ever wanted Arsenal to lose, I'm not sitting there saying that you can never reclaim your fandom. You can never become a fan again. But you have to admit that that moment, you no longer were a fan of Arsenal. And uh, I can't say that personally myself, but uh, it's a real shame if you ever would want Arsenal to lose. King State says, Tom, who is your top three replacements for Arteta now that Conte is gone? Uh, Ten Hag, Potter and Galtier are not bad options, to be fair. Um, whether or not they would go to Arsenal is another thing. I'm trying to think of other managers that maybe would leave their posts Zidane, look, Zidane, the thing about Zidane is I'm just, I, there's something, there's a mental block with me about Zidane. I'm just not sure about what he would do in a different club. He was, he knew Real Madrid inside out. He knew the players inside out. He'd been youth coach there for a long, long time. Um, he knew, he knows that club. And it's of a level that I feel like, you know, he was doing what he does. I'm not sure if he'd do that at Arsenal. Um, who else out there is, is doing some really good things? I mean, Julian Nagelsmann, obviously, but he's never going to leave Bayern Munich. Allegri, we used to say, but he's not doing that well. Um, who is Napoli's manager? Because they're in a fantastic season. Uh, Spalletti. Wow, is it really Spalletti? That crazy character. Uh, he's doing a brilliant job in Serie A with, with Napoli this season. Um, they're only two points off the top. They have lost Ozymen, of course, and they're still trying to battle. Um, who's Milan? I'll tell you, I'm so out of the loop with... Uh, Stefano Pioli, of course it is. Um, Milan currently top of the table. Um, it's There are options out there, but uh, Simone Inzaghi doing a decent job at Inter as well. As long as it's not Pippa Inzaghi, you're fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are options out there, it seems, um, to go for. Uh, but Galtier has done a really great job, uh, a really great job at Lille and now at Nice. So there you go. Um Valverde, I didn't really like what Valverde did at uh, at Barcelona, but it was Barcelona. So there is that argument. I did like what he did at Athletic Club. I thought he was great in Bilbao, but whether or not that position at Barcelona really did taint his kind of where he's at, I'm not so sure. Um, who is... Let's check... Ah, oh, yeah, Emmanuel uh, Aguasil, the uh, Aguasil, uh, who is the Real Sociedad manager, has also done a brilliant job there, um, and certainly someone that 
you should not let go under your radar at all in terms of a manager because he's done a brilliant, brilliant job as well. Uh, Marshall says, would Poch join Arsenal? I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> so she says, uh, hey, Tom, how about Brendan Rodgers? Not for me. Rodgers is a choker. He's just a choker. He can't ever get the job done. He can't get a job finished. Why? Look, I, I, I don't really understand um, how you can look at the way in which he's failed at Liverpool, in the way in which he tried to get them towards a title, failed in the title race, and he got them into that position with a brilliant squad, goes to Leicester, fails to get them into the Champions League, and, and that's it. It's as simple as that. Uh, no, what are we doing? Let's just, no, thank you. Um, Ian says, do you still, I need to put a block on that. <laughs> uh, Ian says, do you think 4-3-3 would be better for us? Uh, I honestly, mate, I don't think of what matters, what position we're playing in, right? Like formation. It depends on how we're, how the system's working. That's what it matters. Um, Tammy says, if I'm Vlovich, I don't want to come to Arsenal. The team is in an absolute mess. Um, let's go to Joe says, Tom, is the ball, uh, Tom, the, if the board said, if Arteta loses against Southampton, he gets sacked, would you want a win or a lose so he can leave? Joe, I never want Arsenal to lose. It's as simple as that. I don't care. It's, it's a, it's a moot point that would never happen. We would never know that to happen. I want Arsenal to win every single game. And I, I'll say it a million times. As soon as you don't want Arsenal to win, you're not an Arsenal fan. You cross that divide. You're becoming more of a Spurs fan than you're an Arsenal fan because you know what Spurs want? Spurs want Arsenal to lose. Spurs want Arsenal to lose every game or a proper Spurs fan would always want Arsenal to lose the same way that we would always want Spurs to lose. The same way that I always wanted Man United to lose. I never really got the, the whole argument, oh, we need to, you know, we want Man United to win this game so that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can stay in charge and all that BS. No, I want my rivals to lose. I want Arsenal to win because I'm an Arsenal fan. It's how it works. It's how you support your team. It's as simple as that. Um, no, Nambra, you can't have a one-off. You, you can't. It's not how it works. I'm sorry. It's it's not your game if that's the way that you have that view. Uh, Anantha says, bro, what's your view on Zachariah? Will he fit into seamlessly as he has a UCO experience as well? Look, I have concerns about his injury record. He had a big, big knee injury he's recovered from. He's kept out of the Swiss side by um, uh, by Granit Xhaka. So there's that as well. So I think that when you look at him as a player there are positives there are also drawbacks and i just think there is a, a upper echelon of midfielder that we should be looking at who is better than zacharia personally uh florian grillish uh is a good option for midfield wow throwing out the austrian internationals joshua um again i still think there is a, a higher echelon of midfielder that we should be looking at billy says tom what is the expectation this season top four or top six how if he gets top six instead of top four look top six was the expectation Always. And I said at the start of the season, if we don't make top six, Arteta has to go. Full stop, period. There isn't an argument. Um, I just think that the problem is, is that there is so much wrong with how we're playing. There's so much wrong with the lack of chances, with the way that we play on a consistent basis that we could get top six through a bit of fortune and through the way in which other sides around us are, you know, losing and dropping points and not in the best of form, that we could get top six 
not through necessarily our own successes, but more so the failures of other teams around us. And I'm concerned that we get top six and the way in which we're playing and the way in which we're progressing or not progressing, it's that that's that's the problem for me. Uh, so we could get, say, sixth place, which I think would be an underachievement because, in my view, we had the fifth best squad in the league. And he stays. And then we're playing this same brand of football next season. The other teams around us improve more and we fall out of Europe again. And we find ourselves in kind of this yo-yo situation. It's it's a really fine balance in that, that I, I'm not 100% sure how to play. I think that we're moving closer to a situation where a change of manager, you would say, is the most beneficial for the team. And I think most fans would say that right now. But it's a really, as I say, it's a hard situation. Um, but I still hope that we win the next game. So it's as simple as that. Uh, how's Basuma doing at Brighton, Tom? Look, he's doing fine. Um, he continues to do well in their midfields. Obviously, there's the social allegations, which obviously we can't really go into because, as they say, they're all alleged at the moment and there's no evidence on that side of things. Maybe that's why things have gone quieter. Um, but he continues to be a very decent midfielder. Although, saying that, Lukonga has outperformed him. You look at the statistics, better interceptions, better recoveries, less losses, uh, better total percentage higher actions, uh, sorry, better percentage successful actions than Basuma. Lukonga's been better across 90 minutes, averaged across those 90 minutes. So look, he's been good, but this is why I think we should be looking to target a better caliber of player, your Tierlemans of this world. So that's kind of where I am on that one. Uh, Alpha says, Arteta has been building from the back. I see this was the plan from the start. Pepe wanted him to succeed. Uh, Premier Bamiang and Lacazette will be next. Um, won't change our style if he takes the shackles off. I don't I don't know if there's shackles on. That's the big problem is I don't know if there's actually shackles that are stopping us from playing under Arteta. I don't know if this is just him, you know, I don't think he's shackling the team. I just don't think that his style, his way of playing... He's either coming across, or I don't think it works. There's You see little fits and sparks of a style. You see it in kind of the way in which we attack down the flanks. And we have improved a bit centrally. And you saw that against Newcastle. But I just don't think there's... I just, I just can't see enough chance creation to to justify some of the things that we're seeing right now. Billy says, say we finish top five, three points off fourth, playing this kind of football ups and downs, do we need to change the manager? Uh, look, Billy, there's no doubt that the argument about changing the manager is is very much at the forefront of the conversations at the club right now, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, CH says, Tom, can you do a Man City comparison on play versus us? I mean, if I did, I might cry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I want to do that, um, but I know where you're coming from. It'd be night and day, what you see. It would be night and day. Socially says, Tom, the contrast of how the... T oh, I'm assuming you're finishing your question in a second. Terry says, I think he over-manages at times. I think you raise a solid point. Um, let's scroll up. Uh, what is our style of play? As I say, I think it's using the wide areas and crossing the ball into the box as much as possible, but we just don't do it enough. It seems the style is also to to score and then hit the ultra defensive button on FIFA and drop back and try and hold it. That's that's all that it seems to be right now. 
And you can't really say that's how a team that we're fighting for top four would play consistently in the long term. Uh, Umar uh, Arteta has to the end of next season on his contract, as far as I'm aware. That's how long's left on the current. Uh, I tell you what, from that perspective, there's no way they can justify a new contract. Surely there's no way. There's no way they can justify a new contract whatsoever. Um, has Jesse Marsh been sacked by Leipzig yet? Um, he has. So uh, they beat Man City. I mean, if you ever... If you ever saw a situation where the players just aren't playing for a coach, you look at Leipzig, you look at them beating Man City, that's that tells you kind of the, the, the bounce you can get just by moving on from a manager. So, yeah, there you go. And says, can you say that Steven Gerrard has a more defined start? I genuinely have not watched Aston Villa enough this season, Anz. I've been so focused on Arsenal that I've not seen them play, so I can't answer your question, I'm afraid. Um, but what he did at Rangers was great. And so Rangers had a very defined style of play. It was very attacking, very dominant, but it was Rangers in the Scottish League. So there is that. But uh, I will, you know, I'll endeavour to have a, look, a little bit of a look at, at Villa and see if I can see a defined style of play that's different to what they were doing under Dean Smith. Uh, I think that's probably where we're going to wrap things up, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, as always. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. I'll be back a little bit later on this evening. We'll be doing uh, our check on William Saliba's last month of November at Marseille and how he's got on. Statistically, we'll be joined by Ben from the Marseille View. Looking forward to that chat. Probably around six-ish, half five, six o'clock this evening. Make sure, if you haven't already, uh, that you're subscribed with those notifications on so it will tell you when we're going to be going live so you can join us this evening. Um, but other than that, I'll see you tomorrow morning. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points perfection order now on the mcdonald's app for your mc delivery you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.